to Bickering Peaks with your hosts, Aiden and Lindsay. So we're here to talk about the next episode of Twin Peaks. Yes. Episode 5. Episode 5. Season 1. Yes. The One-Armed Man. Is that what it's called? That's what it's called. Okay. So it's the One-Armed Man episode. One-Armed Man. Okay. I bet it's about a One-Armed Man. It, that's a very good I would indication. hope we would know that it's about the One-Armed Man. We did just watch it. Yeah. We're not just going to make a podcast about an episode that we haven't watched, right? Well, we watched all of them, but... I know, but I mean, like... Watch this one recently, now. yes, yes. Very good. Very true. Okay, so with, as per usual, our uh, overview of the episode. Yeah, Lindsay? just a brief recap. Cooper and Truman track down the one-armed man and some strange new evidence in Laura Palmer's murder. Norma Jennings goes to a parole board hearing for her husband, and Audrey Horn decides to begin her own investigation. This is from the IMDb page as well. Yeah, just pretty good. Just to, you know... Yeah. It's a good credit, credit source. Yeah, source material. Yeah, for sure. Well, if, in APA format, MLA format, we are English majors. We should probably... I don't remember any of that. Do you remember how to write I, a paper? I, well, I could remember quickly. Do you use foot, footnotes? Do you use no. We we'll use endnotes. MLA yeah. does anyway. I don't remember any of that. That's really and then sad. What do, what, do, what do teachers use? I forget. APA? APA. Is it APA? The American Psychological Association? That doesn't make any sense. I think that's what they do. I think it's APA format. Why are they, like, trying to well, analyze us? No, it doesn't matter. Just use the style, Chicago style. You don't have to be from Chicago to use the Chicago style. That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. It's not city-centric. any case, uh, what else do we have for background on this episode? Who who were the main Well, players? okay, so it, it aired on May 3rd, 1990. Yep. Uh, which is amazing to think that all of what we've just watched aired over the span of three weeks yeah yeah it's so much has happened yeah may 3rd 1990 it was directed by tim hunter and written by robert angles and the episode takes place on tuesday february 28th 1989 and that's funny because at one point dr jacoby says oh i'm going somewhere at the end of the month Mm-hmm. and yeah that's very true does he ever do that I don't think he ever leaves town. Well, he gets. He might be talking about the end of the next month. Maybe. Well, that's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. Is that... well, and I mean, dates are kind of a funny thing in the show, anyway, because at some point they started trying to make it like to set it in 1990. I think. Really? Yeah, I think in the next episode you see uh, a character with a uh, like a day planner that's yeah. a 1990 day planner. So they tried to make it fit for a few episodes, but but it's never really mentioned. The only time a date is mentioned is Laura Palmer's death. Yeah. And that's what we're yeah. really going on here. Yeah, and then you just base everything off of that, yeah. Everything comes off that, yeah. So there's there's a master um, timeline that I use just to, you know, if I have questions or I'm thinking about things that That's the happened. one you found in the Usenet. Yeah, it's or the it's one. It, it, it's got it? to be at least 25 years old. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be at most 25 years old. <laughs> Yeah, but it... <laughs> Very good. I didn't even pick up on what you said there, so yeah. It's, it's older, but yeah. um, but even even that, I showed it to some people on uh, one of the message boards that I belong to, and they had never seen it before, and and they don't know how accurate it is. It, it all kind of depends, and, and it's in flux, but for... For, for our purposes, for, yeah, yeah. for what I can see, it, it, it seems well to take enough, place yeah. the day after Laura Palmer's uh, funeral sure. yeah. on Tuesday, February 28th. Okay. Very so, good. So... Uh, the log lady intro. Yes, I have. Oh, two. Wait, wait! I wanted I wanted to say one thing about yeah. Tim Hunter, um, oh. who uses a lot of really interesting shots in this in this episode, and I think it's one of those instances where a new director comes in and leaves a mark on the show or leaves a mark on on the episode that is very distinctive, but harkens back to 
uh, a classic film style, like a film noir kind of, you know, with these 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 Near shots far, where like yeah. yeah, where the close up and the the far. I don't have the technical terminology. Maybe yeah, we some don't know of our things, film yeah. <laughs> our film people who are listening to this can can help us out with that. But you know, keeping keeping those things, uh, it it's just. It makes it a very visually interesting episode. Yeah, no, and it is like it's it's not shot like anything else really that I re- remember any of the other episodes. I don't know if he directed any other ones, but it's it is a very it, is, it feels it's a little a distinctive, different. It's yeah. a distinctive episode. It's it's as distinctive, maybe not as distinctive as David Lynch, but it it tends yeah. in that direction. And, and really one cool. of the yeah, and we'll get to this, but one of the things that makes it very distinctive is it's one of the funniest episodes I can I can think of. And when we watched it again. Today I was like, "Wow, this is a funny episode." Yeah, we both we both took way more notes on this episode. I think it's one of it's. I mean, aside from the pilot, I really love the pilot. I think this is one of my favorite episodes of the. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. So much happens in it too. Yeah, yeah, it's packed. It's packed. So for sure. So okay, yes, so okay. log lady. The log lady. I have two things in my thing. WTF and that's some <laughs> ominous shit. Those are quotes <laughs> from my notebook. That's all I've got it, because. She's just kind of rambling and saying things. And I, none of it, for me, really connected immediately well, to anything. if I can interject. Yes, by all means. I think that this is... Uh, she she talks about uh, mirrors and what we see in mirrors being a dream or a nightmare. And also the the bringing back that idea of, of duality and maybe even mirror selves, right? What do we see in the mirror? Is it something that... Not only is what we're seeing in the mirror real, but are the people that we see around us real? And it brings up that the point that we brought up in the last episode that with Maddie in town now, mm-hmm. she's a, a, double a perfect figure, double yeah. for Laura Palmer, which is because the same actress plays both characters. But um, the characters that she interacts with on screen all do these double takes. It happens a lot throughout this episode that, that people look at her in a way that indicates that they're having a hard time kind of placing her because they think she looks so much like Laura. So yeah. I think that's... I suppose, yeah. I mean, there's that scene with James, for sure, where that's evident. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, like the, yeah. the quote that I have, um, that people who are introduced to us, but we swear we've met them before. Yeah. So I guess, okay, I yeah, guess that, that does connect. Yeah. That does that's, connect with It's really with more Ma- on Maddie's. Maddie. Yeah. And then the last thing that she says... Well, there's also some other characters, though. Like, Hank is always talking about his... He's changed. He's a new mm-hmm. self mm-hmm. when he's introducing himself back to Norma and to, yeah. the, to the to the to the watcher, to the viewer of the show. So it's it's a little bit of like you you kind of know who these people are in some cases, yeah. and then you're getting a, a second glimpse. Yeah, okay, I'll buy it. Yep. But then the last thing she says is, "I can see the smoke. I can smell the fire. The battle is drawing nigh." So we're getting close to the end of this first season already. Well, kind of. Yeah. There's only a few episodes left. Yeah, four episodes yeah. left. But uh, you get the feeling that there's um, something big on the horizon. Yeah. And, and definitely this episode is mostly building all the threads that are coming mm-hmm. together. I mean, yeah, when we get to the end of the season, we'll talk about the cliffhanger because it is a cliffhanger ending mm-hmm. for the season. And it is a doozy. Um, and it's really all these plot lines are, are coming together at once. And yeah. It's great. Um, so can we talk about comedy briefly? Yeah. Okay. So... I mean, the the comedy starts... There's a lot of comedy in this episode, as I've already mentioned. And uh, it takes on a lot of different forms. Um, and actually, most... I'd say, like, at least half my notes here are just about comedy. It's just funny things the characters said or did or that had happened to them. And uh, it kind of goes throughout. Um, and again, this is this is one of the more lighthearted episodes, I'd say. 
there's not too much really dark stuff going on here. It's a lot of kind of uh, the investigation progresses a lot. You get mm-hmm. a lot of different points of view and angles on that. Uh, lots of characters are proceeding down their own path for the investigation, and that's where the uh, the comedy is kind of allowed to flow a little bit easier. It's not dealing with you know Leland jumping on a grave or anything like well, that. Well, Laura, it's Laura's death, but it's not the sadness and the horror of her death anymore, right? Yeah. Like, we're starting to see those other plot lines that we're going to... Supposedly, we're supposed to take over for Laura's death and the investigation once that kind of fizzled out, right? Yeah. So those are starting to take shape. And that I think you're right. That's where all the comedy is is starting up. Yeah, and where it, where it takes hold. Um, yeah, so, I mean... So we have that first scene uh, where uh, Sheriff... Or no, uh, deputies Brendan and... Brennan. Brennan. Is mm-hmm. it Brennan? Okay. Again, names, not so good. And Hawk are visiting the Palmers, and Andy's getting a sketch of... Is uh, Hawk there? I thought Hawk was there. I don't think I he was there. I thought there were there. two there. Okay, maybe it is I think just Sheriff Truman is there. Oh, okay. He is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Okay. So the two of them are there, mm-hmm. and uh, Sarah gives him, uh, Andy details to make a sketch of Bob. Yeah. Which we know uh, later on. Uh... And, yeah, nothing else really well, happens in that scene. I guess. Well, no, he, but you get Maddie introduced to Sheriff Truman, who yeah. does a double take, which I mentioned yeah. earlier, which I think underscores what the Log Lady intro was kind of getting at. Yeah. You also get a, a little thing between Leland and Sarah where, um, right. what does he say to her? He, well, he kind of comes in and he, he's, he oh, looks yeah, he's, kind of bedraggled and not really... Well, all dismissive together. almost. Like, well, he's very dismissive of her. He says, oh, she had two visions, and he's kind of making fun of her almost. Yeah, but I almost feel like he's goading her on yeah. to, to say more about what... I, I don't I don't get the sense that he really... Um, not that he doesn't approve, but he doesn't buy that she has visions yeah, or something. Yeah. I'm not sure how, how to read that, but yeah. he, he certainly seems to have some contempt for... For that and and Sarah doesn't react very well. She kind of yeah, she gets mad. And well, she chases after him like she's kind of heartbroken a little bit. But then she does admit that she had a second vision the, about well, the necklace of the necklace. Yeah, on top and of the one of Bob. That's yeah, because Donna is there inexplicably. But but convenient plot device. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So she hears that Mrs. Palmer has had this vision about about the necklace, which drives her um, plot with the rest of the plot for the episode between her and James. Yeah. So then, yeah, so they, they get the sketch, they head back to the police station, and this is the first instance of the comedy. Yes, and it uh, is probably... It's, it's... Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, so it's the uh, the invitation to love description. <laughs> uh, Sheriff Truman walks in and asks Lucy, oh, what's going on? And she gives the whole, like, for like a minute of the description of what's happening and invitation to love, which, of course, mirrors almost exactly what's happening in Twin Peaks. Uh, and then Truman asks, well, what's happening here at the station? Yeah. And it's, it's just a, it's another Lucy moment of... Lucy know, never really seems to be... Uh, upset that she's misunderstood or a question or anything like yeah. she she kind of just accepts that like I get the feeling that she's been like this her whole life and yeah she just she's just yeah so when someone corrects her she's just like oh, oh okay oh this yeah okay yeah. yeah like she doesn't seem upset about it or anything but she does seem upset with Andy and yes. we don't really know what's going on there but well he asked right away why couldn't I spend the night and that like just opens up the whole yeah you didn't I didn't first time I watched it I had no idea they were like I knew she obviously cared about him mm-hmm. but just because I thought it was just because he was so soft and playful yeah. and cuddly yeah. and stuff but no they've they've obviously been dating and seeing each other um, and that's the first instance yeah. you get of, of that in but she shut him out completely and yeah. that plays a big role in, in one of Some the more episodes, yeah. uh, humorous which we'll talk yes. about at length when we get there but oh yeah that length, plot length at length what's so funny about that <laughs> I don't get it penis oh 
You and your penis thing. <laughs> Lindsay's convinced there's a whole bunch of penises running through this episode. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We'll get there, too. Oh, yes. Um, another instance of the comedy comes right after that with uh, Dr. Jacoby's doing, like, this weird magic trip with golf balls. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's just weird, but it's funny. Like, he's just, well, he's just yeah, sitting he's there getting into... He's also wearing his 3D glasses, too, yeah. which automatically marks him as just... I mean, odd. he's already odd, but but I thought this was weird because when did they? When did he get called into the station? Why is he there? We we left him yeah. at, the, at the cemetery, cemetery the night before, and then all of a sudden he's at the station. It's like he's being interrogated almost, but... Yeah. Well, but he was the second one that the rock hit. When I guess he that's true. Rock. That is so, true. So I think he's just kind of falling So is that, why, is that why Cooper was staking out his... Out I, I think so, form. yeah. Keeping an eye on Jacoby and then... Because huh. yeah, no, he noticed. He probably noticed that he wasn't there. Yeah, the well, cemetery. he didn't. He said that as much. When yeah. He noticed he weren't at the funeral. So, um, yeah, so that whole scene happens. In- but there's a dark humor to, here, too, that I think is different from the kind of humor that you're talking about, which is more, um, not slapstick, but... Uh, I don't know. It's it's just funny. I don't know how to describe it exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. The the humor that comes through with Dr. Jacoby, it's really, he is really creepy. Like, I really get a sense. He uses words like, he talks about Laura's fortress of secrets and being unable to penetrate it. And yeah. he calls Laura a woman. And it's just yeah. very, it's it's sexualizing what should be even even in the same conversation he talks about the doctor patient confidentiality which i have a separate concern with like she's dead already and this is an investigation you should just hand over all of your files like there should be no issue here but he's referencing the fact that he was the doctor she was the patient and yet he's still so openly sexualizing her yeah and you, you've got to think that someone as observant as cooper is going to be picking up on, on that. that oh yeah and he does sure. ask like twice that he, was he really asked, one yeah. yeah, she had sex with three men. Were you one of them? Yeah, and were her problems of a sexual nature. Like, clearly he's picking up on this this sexual energy that, that Jacoby seems to be... Holding uh, on to yeah, for Laura. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And this, again, there's a lot that happens in this episode. You get... Uh, Jacoby admits that... Uh, uh, Laura was worried about meeting a man with a red Corvette. Mm-hmm. Or no, she he followed a man yes, in a red right. Corvette who was one of the people of interest to Laura. Yeah. Um, the night after she was murdered, when right. he stole the the necklace from. So we the, find out who has the red Corvette in this episode. Yeah, well, no, he asked right away. Uh, Cooper asks Truman, "Does, does yeah, Leo, uh, Leo have, have a, a red, red Corvette? Corvette?" And so again, things are pointing at Leo yeah. more and more all the yeah. time, right? Uh, so yeah, that that little inquiry gets progressed there too as well. Um, so then we also get Gordon Cole, who, again, he's funny throughout the sh- series. He's not so funny here because mm-hmm. he's kind of the authority finger. I don't think finger. they had a care. I think David Lynch just read for this. I'm, I remember reading this, and I could be wrong, but that he, he wasn't originally supposed to play this role. They just didn't hmm. have anybody for it, so he just did the voice. That's yeah. why they hadn't flushed out the character yet. Oh, uh, okay. But, uh, yeah, that's why we get him just calling in from... I'm guessing from Philadelphia, where yeah. Albert has returned. Yeah, I'm giving him... So they get some more details about uh, the uh, poker, or the chip from one well, of Well, we Jack's. don't know it's a chip. We No, we you know. get the facts right away, and it says... It has a J, and it looks like not a... Not yet. That's not until a little bit later. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. But but he yeah. says that it's it's a piece of plastic, and and, or, oh, and yeah, Gordon right. is going to send yeah. the, the reconstruction the once Albert has figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. But they do get that there were two... There was no match on the twine, but there were two different types of twine, twine. being used. And, and the, the, the bird bite. bites Yeah, it was shoulder. a bird. Yeah, it was a bird that caused the bites on our shoulder. Yeah. So now they've got um, these two separate lines. They, if they can find the twine, maybe they can match that. And uh, and now they know they're looking for someone who has a bird, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And so I, I found this just one small thing here again. It was a, is an interesting character quirk by uh, Kyle McLaughlin. Is Cooper looks nervous when he, when his boss is on the line? And it's the yeah, first time you see Cooper a lot. Yeah, and and then when he's up, he gets animated when he's defending Truman, and he's he's it's a very different side of him yeah. when he's actually no longer the the highest authority. Mm. Like in every scene, Tr- Cooper's in. He's obviously the highest authority. He's the FBI agent and. He's in charge. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah he's Cole, talking to his supervisor. Yeah, and it's it's just a change of pace, and it was ah. it was an interesting. Uh, I did notice that he fiddles a lot, but I thought that was I I didn't really think about why. Yeah. But that makes sense that maybe he's nervous about talking to Gordon. Yeah, and it's in just, general. Yeah, and it's just, he gets really animated, so it's it's just a like his reaction to authority is a little different than when he is the authority. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Exactly. And. Um, but he, but you're right. Then he gets really angry, and it's it's a strange thing to see Cooper get angry because we've seen him seething almost like when he talks to Bobby in the pilot episode about. Uh, I know you thought that, that he was trying to be overly nice, but when he talks about being like, I ask the questions and you answer the questions, you know, there's there's a kind of anger that's simmering under there, but it's not really a, a blow up. Like here, he's he's almost blowing up and yeah. he stands up and his hands flying his fists are you know and so it's it's I don't know it's it's not it's a strange thing to see I'm not going to say it's not an attractive thing to see because well Why are you obsessed in, with attractiveness no, 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 no I'm just I'm because not not in a sexual way yeah. Jacoby sure I mean in, in a way like I still I still feel like he's a relatable character but I feel like I I don't even want to say that I lose respect for him. It just he's so composed for the rest of yeah. it, up until this point, and then he loses it over something that happened between Albert and Truman. Yeah. Which I I don't I don't know how to explain that. I don't know what his thought process. I can speculate. You know, he's in love with Twin Peaks. He feels you know a kinship with Truman that now after only a week overrides or overshadows his affection or or um, professional relationship with Albert. But the fact that even that he's yelling at his boss, who he was so previously, you know, kind of nervous to yeah. talk to, it it does signal kind of a, a strange, a strange shift. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's worth noting. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't happen again later. On. Well, we can we can keep yeah. an eye out for it. Yeah, there's also more funnies in this one. Yeah. Uh, Cooper's hilarious. Um, he well, because Truman Truman is upset. Because, well, he's worried that he's going to get in trouble because yeah, and and Gordon even says that that he wants you know, to take his badge away. Wants to take whose badge? Albert away? wants to take Truman's yes, badge away. Yes, but but yeah. yeah, he's got all these forms on his desk that you know Albert's now filing with the Attorney General yeah, to take it's, Truman's badge away. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a big deal, and Truman is notably or noticeably and upset. upset. Yeah, yeah. And Cooper says he, well, what's the line? He doesn't want some city slicker releasing relieving himself upstream from Twin Peaks. To that's how. Yeah, that's how he describes Albert. Albert, right? yeah. So and it's yeah, it's funny. Um, he also has this thing where he says, I'm a strong sender when he's talking about, uh, yeah, he, he didn't want to influence uh, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah's uh, drawing of Bob because he's a strong sender. Uh, you know, it's just, it's his, uh, I guess, uh, his spiritual side. And Well, how I read that was the way that, I mean, you know, you and I, were not new agey type people. Exactly. And he is. He is. But, but you've, you've met people a, like that though, No, right? yeah, for sure. And But that's the thing, he's playing it. To a straight audience, like nobody else in that room is a new age yes, type person. Yes, exactly. So when he comes up and he says, "I'm a strong sender," and he dead totally pan. believes it. Yeah, and he believes it. It's kind of funny because it, nobody else is on that. But it's not intending him. to be funny. It's funny because we—he's not intending yes, it to be funny, but it's yeah. intended for yeah. the audience to be yeah. funny. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Um, there's also the the deputies. Uh, well, 
uh, Truman and, and uh, Andy both respond with uh, oh, how long it'll take to get yes. to uh, the hotel that they're going to find uh, the one-armed man in. Yes, uh, the Timber Falls Motel. Yeah, because Hawk phones in. Hawk phones in. Yeah. It says he located them, and they both once is like... Traveling east on Highway 12, how long will it take us to reach the Timber Falls Motel? Half an Ten hour. Minutes. Depends how you go. It's so, it's such a great moment of, of uh, levity. Yeah, and yeah, and it's just, it's well-timed and they deliver it great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, again, more comedy here. Um, so what do we have after that? Well, that, that sends us straight to the Timber Falls Motel, which is where we, uh, that's where the one-armed man is. But it's also where Josie is staking out Ben and Catherine, yeah. who are in the midst or just post-coital, I don't know. Well, they're not in the midst like they're of, always post-coital. Yeah, yeah, yeah any scene they're in is, is pretty yeah. sexually charged, but... Yeah. I get the sense they don't like each other. I don't know why. No, they're it's screwing. just like yeah, they're just like it's a relationship of convenience for them, and they both want the business. Then end why of it to do go. they? Why do they sleep with each other? Because it's just something to do, I guess. I don't know. They, yeah. they, it's not really defined. It seems like maybe they also had a fire for each other when they were younger as well, maybe. and maybe they're just rekindling it because they're both unhappy in their marriages. But you find out a little bit more about what they're planning to do, which is to torch the mill. And uh, they're looking at insurance fraud. They want it to look like Josie burned the mill down. Which was also in uh, Lucy's recap yes. of uh, if you were listening, Invitation to Love. Yes. Yeah, if you listen really closely. Which I have never done. I have never watched this with an ear for the Invitation to, to Love. love. Yeah. I know other people have. I may have to look into this because it... Well, yeah, because one of the things that she mentions in the recap is that she's pretty sure someone's going to betray s- someone else in the, the business dealings. Yeah. And so this this scene is really all about like, well, who's going to betray who? Like, yes. is it is it going to be... Uh, who's going to betray whom? Oh, wow. <laughs> is it going to be Ben, who's... Yeah, or uh, Catherine. Screen Catherine over, or what? Or yeah. Josie. Yeah, What's or exactly, happen? yeah. Like, like who are the players? There's a lot of, and... Yeah, there's a lot of players, and uh, yeah, everybody's got an angle. Yeah, yeah, and, so. it's, and it's another storyline that, that definitely gets built up here. Um, then you get more comedy, and he drops his gun. Yeah, the gun goes <laughs> off, and... Uh, um, and just the reaction, Truman and Cooper. Cooper's like, can't believe it. He's just stomping his feet. Well, yeah, he like jumps and he does spins a spin around. around he's like, he's oh my so, god, yeah, like that did not just happen. Like he's just he's so. <laughs> but it would be dangerous because live oh, yeah, ammunition. It could have gone off and hit yeah. someone or something. And and then yeah, so then so they, clearly Andy is not handling his gun very well. Yeah, he's not a great cop. It's, mm-hmm. it's really <laughs> the inkling they've built up so far. Um, so well, but it blows their cover, too, because they, they're they trying to sneak up on, on Philip Gerard. But then they still do sneak up on him. Like, he doesn't see them coming. Maybe he just stepped out of the shower. Yeah, so he's probably possibly. in the shower when the gun goes off. But yeah, they bust into the room, hold him up, and uh, then you meet Philip Gerard, yes. a.k.a. Mike, eventually. Yeah. Um, but here you know him as Philip Gerard. And he's a shoe salesman. He's a shoe salesman. He lost his arm when he was in pharmaceutical sales. Yeah, and he was a car accident. Yeah. And he did have a tattoo on his arm that said, said mom. mom on it. Um, Not firewalk he, with me. <laughs> no. He does have a friend named Bob. Yeah, who's who a, is veterinarian, a veterinarian who uh, um, is in the hospital in a coma. Yeah, because um, he was beat up a few nights earlier. And that's who earlier. he was visiting. That's yeah. who he was visiting at the yeah. hospital when, when Hawk saw him going to the morgue. Yeah. Which, <laughs> it doesn't explain everything, but but it does, I mean, the guy seems pretty sincere. He cries when he talks about his the tattoo on his, his arm. arm yeah. So, I mean, he's he seems like a pretty sincere guy. He's just a bumbling, you know, on-the-road salesman, salesman right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and he, and so, I mean, later on, we'll come, maybe come back to this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You can tell me what you think, Lens. But, uh, so you get his, his explanation of how he lost the arm, for instance. Yeah. You already had, uh, Mike's explanation of him as Mike. Yeah. Um, of cutting it off. Right. Yeah. So you have to wonder, like, did Philip just remember it as a car accident, but maybe 
like Mike took over and drove him into the. You haven't really got into. Well, how... but remember that that when when we get Mike's explanation for things, it's from Cooper's dreams. So that's true. It's not necessarily Philip telling that story. It's Mike telling. No, that's that what story. I'm saying. So that's you have Mike's okay. explanation of cutting it off. You have yes. Philip's of being in a crash. So maybe Mike took over and crashed it himself. Uh, or yeah. or he just replaced the memory for Philip or something. So there's lots of like when you meet the characters that are in the dream world and the real world, mm-hmm. uh, like Mike and Bob you get some really interesting uh, differences. And, and it's it's kind of interesting because how the spiritual and the, the mystical side of things connects to the, the physical, real world, right. Twin Peaks stuff um, is of interest throughout the rest of the series. Yeah. And it's um, it's convoluted and scary. And when by the time you get to Fire Walk With Me, none of it makes any sense, really. But uh, it's worth keeping an eye on and, and kind of seeing how the things match up. So, yes. Yeah. Just to, I just wanted to point it out. And yeah. We can go from there. But yeah. Did you have anything else on that scene? Or? Just that Hawk, uh, the great tracker Hawk, he yeah. he realizes that Josie was yeah, also there. Yeah. So he lets Harry know and that plants some suspicion in Harry's mind for something. We don't know what yeah, he's thinking. Know what but yeah. So anyway, the next scene, we, we get to see the Twin Peaks Consolidated High School girls' room, girls' bathroom. Yes. Um, which is, I think, the last time we see this, the, school the school for the rest of the season. So they are in school on a Tuesday. Yeah. The day after yeah. the funeral. Okay. We see Audrey and Donna yeah. uh, smoking in the girls' room. Yeah. And, uh, well, Audrey's, Audrey's smoking. smoking Donna's putting on makeup or yeah. lip liner or something, yeah. Um, but but Audrey comes in and she is, you know, dreaming about escape and talking about how there's no algebra in the real world. And, and it's kind of a, a dream-like... Well, anytime Audrey talks, it's very, you know, kind of wispy and, and like Cooper, very flighty. We've talked about this before. But she's propositioning Donna. She's it not in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. She's making. She's she's suggesting to Donna that they work together. Yeah, to they try team and, up to find out yeah. who killed Laura. Yeah. yeah. So a couple of Nancy Drews in the in the girls' room, um, because Audrey does have information about Laura. She knows that Laura was addicted to cocaine. She knows that she had a wild side, um, and she which ex- Donna. Knew as well. But then yeah. Audrey discloses that she knows that Dr. Jacoby was treating Laura. Yes, which Donna didn't know. Yeah. And she also suggests that it's possible now that she has this information about One-Eyed Jacks and that Laura and Renat both work together at the, the perfume counter at Horn's department store. She suggests that it's possible that Laura also worked at One-Eyed Jacks. So this is also information that Donna did not have. And so Donna is intrigued, I think, by this. And by Audrey, she's amused by Audrey, I think, mm-hmm. more than anything. Um, I found it interesting that, that Donna agrees that we'll do this, but what we learn has to stay between us, which, of course, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. The first thing that, that Audrey knows, she's going to tell the Agent Cooper. Yeah. And Donna and, even goes and tells well, James. Yeah, so, her and James are the real partnership in her mind. Yeah. I really, this is the start of me not liking Donna very much yeah. because she's... She's just so dumb. Like, she doesn't understand that there's a bigger deal at play. Like, yeah. she's very self-centered about, oh, well, it's about us. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. That's near but the But you're end, right, but, I think. Yeah. But she's she also is, is a little bit dismissive of Audrey. I, feel, I get the feeling that nobody takes Audrey seriously at all. Yeah. And that comes back in another scene with Audrey and her father later yeah. on. But, you know, she calls her Sherlock, and she, she kind of chuckles yeah, when Audrey leaves. Yeah, downplays her, yeah. But Audrey's very serious. Like, she wants... And it's not clear why she wants to, but I, I, I know maybe it is clear. She, yeah, wants, she wants to help. Agent yeah, she Cooper. wants to, yeah, impress him so that he'll take her away and to a life of international intrigue, intrigue, which I don't think that's not how the FBI works. No, <laughs> as far yeah. as I know. Yeah, 
the, anyway. the, the two other things I noticed on that scene, they have the the squiggly line on the on the bathroom doors that matches the red room. Uh, yes, I think it's meant to be the Twin Peaks. It so. is, but it has yeah. that squiggle yeah. line. And well, it's, yeah, exactly. And it's red, um, which is, well, it's red kind and of white. Yeah, but it's, yeah, so it's just another little uh, visual continuity piece mm-hmm. more than anything. And it's interesting because uh, in the documentary I watched, they, they built all the interior sets on one location in, on yes. a soundstage in Southern California, but they never returned to the school right. or this bathroom or anything else yeah. to do with the school. Um, seems kind of odd to build, like, a... Not an elaborate set, but to build a set like this and then to never use it again. But anyways, that's just a small nitpick. I mean, they never go back to the school because they don't want the kids in school. But anyways. um, Well, it's not interesting. Yeah, exactly. Trust me, I'm a teacher. Schools are not that interesting. Schools are not cool. Yeah. Schools are not cool. schools are cool. Aiden. I'm sorry. I am obligated (laughs) to say you work for the Minister of Education. (laughs) I'm a teacher. School is cool. very cool. David Egan, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You also get... I, I found this interesting because Audrey at one point describes like um, she gets excited and she describes oh. it as like, you know, I think about it. I think about Laura being in a place like that and I get all shivery. But it's like a hot cold, like when you hold an ice cube on your bare skin for a long time. Audrey. It's a little odd, and it, but it's it goes to her kind of like thrill seeking and like. Um, well, not only that, just the way her mind works. The, yeah. The, a, that she thinks about Laura being a prostitute at One-Eyed Jackson. It makes her shivery. That's, yeah. That's an odd thing to think. But... Yeah. No, and it's it's weird. But it is visceral, too, when you think about it. Like, how many... We've all held an ice cube, or we've all put our hand in the snow, or been so cold we're hot. So it's it, it's it's a good description. Yeah, it is. It's just like... It just doesn't match. It's an I don't odd know. one. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure it's how I would describe thinking about someone that I knew. Yeah. Being, working at yeah. a, a brothel. Yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's strange. It's strange. It is strange. For but sure. Audrey is a strange character. So that is very true. Um, so then from there we go to Norma. Is that correct? Yeah, we go to the jail. Which I, this plotline is so boring to me. Really? Yeah. I Do found, you like it? I found this part interesting. After he gets out of prison, so Norma's going to see Hank and help him. He has his parole hearing, and she's going to vouch for him. Um, I found it interesting in that you get a lot of her character. Uh, before she sees him for the first time, mm-hmm. she's she's very nervously playing with her wedding oh, ring, yeah. and and she looks very anxious and scared. Um, and then she he comes out, and you just see her kind of melt. Like any resolve she had has disappeared, and she's well, not yeah, gonna. Didn't she say she was gonna divorce? She was him. gonna divorce. Him. So now she's going to speak at his parole hearing, which yeah. is strange. We talked about this in the last episode, but it's yeah, it's like her. She, I mean, you get a bit of that. I mean. Even in that one movement of playing with her wedding ring, she wants to. She, she, she should she remain faithful to her husband mm-hmm. or to herself, and she chooses her husband again, mm-hmm. um, and she does this again and again. Let me ask you a question though about this. Mm-hmm. Do you get the sense that that Norma and Ed are sleeping together? No, not yet. Yeah. Because it, it does happen in season two. Spoiler yeah. alert! And uh, then it's like a big deal. That's and what so I, I I get the sense they're emotionally they're they're connected and they they want to reconnect physically. Yeah. Um, but but Norma has Hank coming back right away and Nadine is uh, unwell. Yeah, is unwell. So Ed doesn't really want to physically leave her yet. Um, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, yeah that's sure. that's exactly how I had. But other people have interpreted it differently, and I just. Um, I mean, it could be. I guess. I guess. I just don't get the sense that it's. It's not clear anyway. No. It's a little bit more ambiguous. And, and the fact that, yeah, they're always so busy together. Or they're, they they have their own lives and they're always busy. Yeah. I don't know when it would be happening. But anyways. Um, yeah, so you get Norma there. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and you also get her 
her conf- conflict through the line when uh, the judges or whoever it is, the parole, parole board. board people, are asking her, uh, you'll live with him as man and wife mm-hmm. once he's released. And she says, well, he's my husband, isn't he? And you just see the, the conflict It's not there. really an answer, though. It's just well, kind exactly. of like... exactly. That's yeah. the thing. It's like... He's my yeah. husband for now. Yeah. When he's not my husband. Yeah, like she's, knows? You just don't know what she's thinking. Yeah. And, and that's... that's uh, It's a good way of expressing that. Mm-hmm. It pisses me off. And I do find it annoying after a while. Because it's like, just just leave him or don't. Like, yeah. like either yeah. make it happen or not. Yeah. And, uh, same with Ed. Like, they're both yeah, just like... No, they're not strong characters in that sense. They... They just, they care too much about the people who are making them suffer a little bit. It's kind of annoying after yeah, you've watched it. Like, but I mean, just... I, yeah, okay. I have no, I've, Norma should just leave Hank. I have yeah. no problem yeah. saying that. I think it's a little bit more complex with, oh, yeah. with Ed's Ed for and sure, Nadine. Yeah. But, no, but anyway, true. sidebar. Yeah. Um, but we do get this scene of him, of Hank playing with his, uh, this little, um, Oh, his domino? Domino, that's the word. That's the end of the episode. No, he plays. he's playing with it in well, the hearing. Is, yeah, oh, and, you're like, and, and the music that. gets kind of ominous, and you think, well, what does that signify? And, uh, and, and you find out that he's in jail for vehicular manslaughter. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you already knew that. Uh, did you? In the previous episode. Oh. They were talking about... Yeah, his that. lawyer was. Anyway, uh, a little bit of humor, too, where he says... He starts talking about how it was fate or something, and the parole board says fate isn't what brought you here he's yeah. like i accept that yeah but it's just it's the delivery more than anything yeah. that, that makes it funny it's not the line it's the delivery but, yeah but it's uh just just goes to the heart of he's he's definitely one of those characters who has just like everybody else two faces yes and this is the 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 face of the man who's contrite the repentant and, yeah, yeah husband and yeah. and uh criminal so yeah definitely that doesn't last yeah um so then after that scene, we go to... The uh, Lydecker, Bob Lydecker's Bob Lydecker's vet. Office. Yeah. Uh, and but this all, is where all of these, those clues that yeah. Gordon phoned in the, about the twine and about the bird bite, they all come and tie together. Because uh, right beside the vet is, is a, a convenience store, store where Mike said that's where him and Bob lived in Cooper's yeah. Dream. So he asked Andy to go in and get the, get a, the get some, some twine. twine from there. And then he's going to go in and find out about uh, Bob Lidecker and animal bites, potentially. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so he, he walks in and he, I think sorry, just... Can I, a, yeah, oh, can I just jump in first yeah. before that? There's a nice little, like, community building moment mm-hmm. before they enter the vet. Oh, yeah. Like Hank, or uh, Hawk just finds a... It's some a random guy. biker guy? Yeah, a random biker guy, and they just high-five. Yeah. And Andy, uh, or Truman is talking to some someone on the step with, with a, her pet. A pet, I don't know what it is. some sort, and he's just, like, a talking dog. to them. I don't and, think it's a dog. Yeah, it's just, like, it's a cute little, like, thing that, yes, this is still mm-hmm. a happy little go-lucky community. It's just a very small touch that mm-hmm. they could have just had them walk in there, but they added these yeah. little these yeah. little things. Yeah, yeah these little flares. Yeah. So, yeah, then they go inside. The, yeah, and Cooper uh, is talking to the receptionist, uh, an elderly lady, yeah. about... Uh, what kind of animals that they treated? Did they treat birds? And of course they treated birds. But he shows her the sketch of Bob, and she's like, "That's not Bob." That's and, not Bob. Which sure. also is what um, Philip said. Yeah, Philip drives him. Uh, so he he turns around to Truman and says, "Andy walks in with the twine, and Cooper immediately knows that it's the brand of twine that they need, yeah. and says that because of that." He knows that the the bird that bit Laura on the shoulder was treated by Bob Lidecker, and he requisitions all of the the files for all of the animals in the vet practice, which yeah. sends the office staff into a bit of a tizzy. But it's just another another scene of how did Cooper have that information? How did he? It's his intuition, I guess, that that causes him to say that. Yeah. 
Is it also his intuition that causes him to stare down the llama? Yeah. That's what I want to know. First of all, that someone has a pet llama that they're bringing in to see the local vet. Yeah. But this scene the way was, it just pops up. It's it was it was unscripted. I think. I, oh really? Yeah. Apparently, uh, the <laughs> the llama was supposed to go. I'm not sure if it was supposed to go around, but well, no, because the, the the person holding the leash goes between yeah, between Sheriff them. So Truman and I Cooper. think it must have been. But scripted. for the llama to, to turn stop. and and Cal McLaughlin turns and looks at the llama and they share a moment. It's it's it only a few off. seconds, but they don't break. He doesn't break character. Neither does Truman. It's just a funny little yeah a little uh ad-libbed scene that yeah. I, I love. It's, it's, it's so, just really cute. It's Cooper, so cute. Cooper and the llama, I ship it. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, anyway. and that's, yeah, so that that uh, investigation proceeds. Next we go to uh, Shelly and Bobby making yes. out in uh, Leo's house on yeah. this chair, which is just creepy to me. Like, their whole thing, like, they're so brazen about pissing off Leo. I don't know. I, but I, I wouldn't okay, care Okay, but either, the other but... thing that bothers me about this scene, and we talked about this when it was happening, was that Shelly's talking about how sad she felt how much her heart ached yeah. watching Bobby cry over his dead ex-girl or his dead girlfriend and then Bobby is so upset about James stepping out with Laura while but he's while stepping, he's out, stepping out, out with Shelly right who is Leo's who's, who's wife. talking like, it's, to it's, like oh it's such a weird like these characters have no ability to reflect to self-reflect yeah. Yeah. that they're so absorbed in their own shit that yeah, they like, don't that's why I, that's why I really hated Bobby in the first mm-hmm. couple of this this routine reminded me of it. it's like he's just so egotistical that he thinks well of course I can cheat yeah he doesn't uh, even think but, about that you know Laura better not she's a woman kind of thing and well but, I don't know if it's necessarily that it's just yeah, she's it's little, my woman it's I think a little it's ju- yeah yeah that's true yeah um but then, but yeah and then so they talk and they realize that so he uh, finds out about the bloody shirt that Shelly's found. And he confesses that he thinks he knows well, that... Leo's delivering drugs to Well, him. he knows that Leo's delivering drugs because he's the one who's, who's distributing, distributing them. Yeah. But uh, because Shelly mentions that he's out with Jacques, that creepy Canuck, which Canuck. just Canuck. We don't oh, call man. ourselves Canucks. Or Canucks, even. We just... Canucks. Well, some people do. I guess. More like hosers. Yeah, more likely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, they discover a little bit and then uh, Shelly's like, oh. She, well, she gives him the shirt. She Bobby the takes shirt. the shirt. Yeah, Bobby's going to take the shirt and do something with it, which mm-hmm. we find out later. Uh, and then Shelly's like, mm, you can teach me how to use a gun. Um, Rubs the gun all over, over her breasts. Yeah, her body it and It gets stuff. Bobby all hot and yeah. bothered. And there's just a great, another funny shot of Bobby's like, he's so enamored of her, his eyes go wide and he spits out his gum or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know and what then, it is in this moment. And then he's going to go gum. approach her and like. But it leads <laughs> beautifully into the next scene, which is the funniest scene in this episode by far. And absolutely is about penises, Aiden. Okay. It is absolutely <laughs> about penises. If you say so. Because, so earlier we had Andy drop the gun and the gun goes off and prematurely prematurely so he, so he walks into the office and he and he asks uh, Lucy did you hear about what happened yeah I feel like an idiot yeah and then because uh, it's like it goes off prematurely or, well, I don't know whatever, how to describe it said, yeah but but then we, when when Lucy realizes nobody was hurt it's not really all that exciting yeah uh, she turns and leaves, and Andy gets this look on his face, like Ugh. so flustered, like he can't understand, like what what can I do to reach her? Um, so they finish bringing in all of the all the boxes from the Lidecker clinic, and sent Lucy to work yeah, while the men go down to, to shoot their guns. Shoot their guns. See, even you're using it. The yeah, innuendo okay. was there in your voice. It's true. Well, Andy, have you ever used your weapon in the line of duty? No, sir, I haven't. I can't explain what happened. I've been feeling a little high strung. Well, it's lack of preparation. We'll take care of that. 
So they have to go practice. They have to go practice using their weapons. And then they go downstairs. And the, the conversation that these four men have, which it's, it's unenlightened from our standpoint, but for four men to, to shoot the shit and, and, and talk, talk about, about women, women I and think that's like great. not in a really it's, condescending way. It's no, just like, they're just confused they're just, about women. Yeah, they're women. misguided. They're like, oh, well, men, women are We're cut drawn from, from a different set of blueprints. blueprints. It's 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 okay. okay it's 1990. That's fine. Sure. But but it's it's kind of nice to see yeah. these men bonding over this this yeah. moment. If if it wasn't so obvious that this was a masturbatory yeah. exercise for them, because yes. because here you go, they they they, they go put all up out their targets with... and they they start shooting. And the the funniest shot in the episode for me is is Andy and Hawk. Uh, shooting at the targets, and he's shooting d- downrange, but at a different target than the one he's supposed. <laughs> he's not even pointing well, in the right direction. He's all over the place. He's, he's just, just shooting, like yeah. randomly. Di- yeah. So it, that's just the funniest thing for me. Um, uh, but so clearly, Hawk's good with firearms. So is um, Truman. And, Truman and is is good with firearms. Cooper's Cooper's amazing with firearms. Yeah. And he needs a little bit of practice. Yeah. And I think this mirrors because we find out Hawk has. A, a girlfriend who's a PhD candidate at Brandeis it, University. That was an ex-girlfriend. No, he wrote it for his girlfriend. He said he 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 recites oh, okay. a poem that he wrote for his yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. Um, Truman's not doing too bad with Josie. Josie, yeah. Uh, we get a little bit of a hint of of Cooper's romantic past yeah. when he talks about a, a woman who taught or someone, someone who, who taught, taught him, him about, about commitment. Yeah. I think is yeah. what he says yeah. and the responsibilities. Um, so clearly he's not striking out, but poor Andy has been striking out with Lucy all episode and maybe it's because he can't shoot his gun properly. This is the implication that we get here. Yeah. I also really yeah. like the, the part where Hawk comes in and, and says to Cooper. Nice piece. Actually, it's standard issue. I made a few modifications. I just, I just can't get over it. They're talking about their penises, guys. It's uh, pretty guys. Jokes, yeah. No. They're talking about their dicks. I'll, I'll allow it. I love it. I guess. I think it's really funny. Um, this but it, then also when you get Lucy calling down. Yeah, yeah. The pet and, files are more complicated and. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's she... funny. It's funny in the context of what they're talking about because yeah. it's like women are drawn from another set of blueprints. They're not even speaking the same language. Like she's talking. And, and Lucy's the perfect one to illustrate yeah. this, is that she talks around things. She doesn't get to the point. She's just very flighty. It's a sexist uh, stereotype, but it kind of, you know... It works here. It rings because, true with yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Like, the characters make it fit. Yeah. Is. Anyways, uh, after this, you go to a quick one back to the double R, uh, where two kind of uh, parallels are yes. drawn, I guess, kind of. It's Shelley and Norma... Meet and they complain kind of about, commiserating about yeah, their, their, their four men apiece and no well, four idea. men total between the two er, of them right, and two none of them are good. Yeah, well, they can't <laughs> figure out what to do with any yeah, of them. Yeah, so uh, they just kind of like complain a bit and I don't know. It seems kind of gossipy and stuff. Like, and well, Norma's solution is like, oh, we're gonna have a spa day. day. We're gonna have a we're gonna get all gussied up and be but the it's nice. Thing. It's nice to see that there's female friendships because there aren't a lot. No, it's you true. Get, you get Audrey and Donna a little bit at the beginning of this episode, but even that's kind Donna of... Donna and Maddie. No, they're, they're rivals the whole time, yeah, actually. Yeah, really. Yeah. And then, but so you get... Shelly and Norma are not rivals. They're no. they're genuine friends. Yeah. Um, to have this scene coming so soon after, you know, these four cops playing with their penises, mm-hmm. it's it's a nice, yeah, it's a nice, nice change, contrast. For sure. and, yep. and for a show that doesn't have a lot of female friendships, I don't mind it. But it does seem like, yeah, they're going to go to the spa and they're going to do their hair and facials and the whole nine. Be a girl. Yeah. Yeah. A beauty but, day. A beauty day. So funny. Because that'll make them feel better. So then kind of not quite on parallel to that because that one's drawing 
comparisons. Uh, and this one's kind of drawing a contrast, but Maddie walks in to pick up mm-hmm. food for the Palmers, and uh, James spots her and approaches her in some of the most wooden acting yeah. I've seen to date. Uh, and it was, and he's just like asking, like, "Who are you?" and and she, which asked, I thought was interesting, because if he, if they all lived in the town, you think he would have met her he, at some yeah, point? Yeah, at some point in the past. But then I and don't she know. She was at the funeral. Like it's yeah. not like he didn't, see, he couldn't. Well, I guess he was getting in a fight right yeah, away. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he but, didn't. He may not have seen. But still, it just yeah. It's kind of an odd one. It does seem strange that nobody knows who Maddie is. Yeah. If she grew up in, or well, if she, she said she didn't come town. back very often. Lately, she says well, that she in wishes scene, that even. she had known Laura better. Yeah, but yeah. But in any case, anyway. yeah, and and you know, so he asked her like, or no, she asked, "Do you think I look a lot like Laura?" Yeah, and he says she yes. looks almost hurt when she or scared yeah. almost. Yeah, like, this is a comparison she's been dealing with her yeah. whole life. Yeah. Even though when they were kids, they used to pretend they were sisters and stuff. Yeah. It's it's not something. I think she's just aware of how maybe how painful her presence is yeah, for these people bit. who are trying to get over her cousin's death, right? Yeah, and and you get the contrast with Laura being um, this wild child. Like, James is like, oh, I, I thought I knew her. Like, he, she asks him, did you know Laura? He says, I thought I did. Yeah. And so he's really on the same page of knowing Maddie and Laura at the same mm-hmm. level, right? And that, that actually ties back to the log lady once again. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's those... Uh, those uh, connections and like the mirrors between well people, people that we've been introduced to before yeah have we been introduced to them yeah. Yeah. you know he he looks at her and he she looks exactly like the woman that he fell in love with yeah. but she's a totally she's wants to cook food for her you know her aunt and uncle and yeah. she's picking up food for them at she's the diner maybe closer and, to what the lord that he kind of fell in love with maybe, maybe. if he fell in love with the sweet innocent yeah Laura, yeah um maddie's kind of a an example of yeah. that um, Which so just yeah. goes to further underscore the fact that, that these two are going to end up, like, this is going to be a problem for James and Donna. Because he already did hang up the phone, basically. Yeah, on yeah, that's right. Saying, he's talking to Donna, and then he's like, oh, sorry, I see a prettier girl. And he hangs yeah, up. Basically. He doesn't say that. No, but, but he does But that's it. the implication. He yeah. doesn't say goodbye. And, like, here's Donna in this wholesome family life. And she wants to talk about the things that, that Audrey mentioned to her yeah. and also the things that she heard at the Palmer's house that morning. But James is just too wrapped up in, in Maddie. Maddie. Instantly, he, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then yeah, so their whole relationship gets kind of soured quickly, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, from there we move on to uh, the Great Northern, the Great Northern, yeah. So we get, um, this, this is an interesting scene for me just from for Audrey's character, but also Ben's character. Uh, here she tries to convince her father that she deserves to have a place in the in the business the she family wants business. this family yeah, she, business. she wants, she wants to him over. to think of the future and yeah let her because obviously over. johnny can't take over no. so she has to think about this for him and and i i'm not entirely sure how much of this is sincere and how much of it is just her desire to see i thought it was all just underhanded she just wants to get in she jumps straight to the perfume counter i mean she says cosmetics but she jumps straight to that's where she wants to be with way way too much straightforwardness it's it's she doesn't even play around that. As soon as he asks, like, oh, well, where would you want to go? She jumps right there. Like, I think that's her focus for this whole scene is to just get her way to that Do you that think thing. she's just playing? I she's... think she's playing her father 100%. I don't think she really... I think their relationship is still super strained. And, uh, you know, his comment, I think it was in the pilot or either that or the this, episode yeah. two, uh, where he says, like, I lost you years ago or mm-hmm. something like that. I think that really not only hurt Audrey, but was true like I, I feel like there there there's a huge disconnect here which gets shortened in future episodes but here i feel like it's still miles apart 
she knows maybe she has her suspicions about uh, her father maybe sleeping with Laura or having done something with Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows that he goes to one-eyed Jacks mm-hmm. for sure. You've got to assume. Um, so well, yeah. does she assume that? Does she know that? He well, I mean, how else would she know about one-eyed Jacks uh, if it's not through her father or mention of her father or something? That's I mean, true. her father owns it too, so she doesn't know that though. No, not yet. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so, I mean, to me, it was just, like, she's just playing him like a fiddle, and she gets well, what she wants. I think she does definitely play him. There's an element of that. But I think there's some truth to it, too. I think... Yeah. I just get the feeling, like, she's 18. Um, she she wears her emotions on her face. I don't think she's that good an actress that she can play that... There's oh, there's there's got There's a seed of something. Like, I think you're right in, in that what he said to her a few episodes ago did cut pretty deep. And I think that... Even though her her upfront goal is to figure out what happened to Laura and help Agent Cooper solve that crime, I think deep down she does wish that she like she runs into his arms when he goes to hug her. Um, she yeah, looks okay. on the desk and there's that picture of her and Laura from it looks like a ski trip or something yeah. that they took. And a it's out on the desk, so Ben was looking at it maybe. Yeah, or see something. that's see, that's the thing. But, it's- like, I, I was going to say, you know, her face doesn't look like, oh, she does not, like, have this goofy grin saying, like, no. yes, I got in. So maybe there is a bit of real emotion Sincerity. there. Yeah, but at the same time, then she just glances down and she sees the thing. So it's really, well, her mind is focused on the investigation. Yeah, point, but I think. I think that underscores the fact that even though maybe this is a, a good moment for her and her dad and that she's having this real emotion and the way that she leaves the office, too, like, pausing yeah, to turn and look at... And- look at each other and stuff yeah. but I think it's all it's all underscored with this is my real purpose here's but, but we get this nice reason, moment but yeah. it's all about Laura well yeah and the reason she has to leave though is because he says oh you have to go now because he gets a phone call and she's all I got from her leaving was that she was pausing to see if she could hear what was going to be on the phone oh, call oh really yeah that's oh, how I didn't I see that it. yeah I don't know I guess I just I because is he talking to Catherine no I, I don't think you ever know who he talks to there but yeah it's it's I, I think you're supposed to assume it's leo but oh yes probably yeah that would make sense because he meets leo surely. yeah but um, anyway yeah. I, I do think that there is some sincerity there yeah i don't but anyways uh just one other thing about that scene it's funny because they start talking about the Icelandic investors yes. who are coming in to do the ghostwood estates to replace yeah. the norwegians three days later yeah ben horn who was there not two days ago has flown over to iceland apparently and, and jerry horn jerry sorry yeah. yes jerry has flown over to Iceland and is courting these investors already in two days. Like, Well, maybe they were just <laughs> second on the list. I guess, but it takes a lot longer than that well, for an international maybe, maybe deal. maybe not for Jerry Horn. I get He's pretty good. He's very he's, good. He could be. He could be in Arrested Development. He's that good of a lawyer. <laughs> he's a lawyer, right, in the, in the science? Uh, I think he has a law degree. Or something like I that, I would yeah. not call him a lawyer. Lawyer, yeah. Because that's what Leland is always the real lawyer in yeah. the, the case, yeah. Okay. So yeah, then uh, we go back to the sheriff's station and we find out that, uh, well, uh, Gordon Cole calls back. Yeah. And he has the, the results details, of yeah. the the reconstruction reconstruction of the plastic piece. Yeah. So he faxes faxes that over, and you immediately know. Well, Sheriff Truman immediately knows that it's a poker chip from One Eyed Jacks, yeah. and they find out that the bird that caused the the bites on Laura's shoulder was either a parakeet or a minor bird. Yeah. And then you and find then out. And then Andy right away finds the name Waldo, um, who was a minor bird at, at Dr. Lydecker's. And who belonged to 
Jacques, Jacques Renault. Jacques Renault, Renault. Yeah. is how Andy calls it, which is Man, adorable. Between and the Renault. Bastardization of the Chad. French French last names. As a as a woman of French Canadian extraction. Yeah, as Canadians, it's a little well, insulting. The Canuck thing was was hurtful as well. But anyways, but, yeah. But there's a great a great line that kind of underscores or illustrates how uh, Cooper approaches these things. He talks about when two separate events occur simultaneously pertaining to the same object of inquiry. We must always pay strict attention. Um, I think that just illustrates right away what, it, how he approaches these things. So it's it's not necessarily about uh, the most sound investigative strategy. It's the first minor bird they found in their file, but they're gonna go for it because there's it's Jacques Renault's and and One Eye Jack. So they're just gonna run with it yeah. and see what happens. And as it turns out, it does produce fruit because they go to Jacques's place and Bobby is there. Yes. And he is leaving the... Well, just right before that, sorry. Yeah. This is... But there's just another little bit of comedy. Oh, right okay. before that, There's two people playing tennis in, in February in the Northwest. So they're all like... They're bundled up in like is winter one of them wearing clothing. Is wearing a balaclava? Yeah, like a balaclava or like ski, ski goggles yeah, maybe or, or something, something like that. And they're playing tennis. And it's just... It's hilarious. It's so weird and different. And it's right beside... Uh, Jean Renaud's. Well, Jean the the uh, the camera focuses on these two playing tennis, and then it's I don't even know if there's music playing, but then it just immediately pans right over to really quickly to Agent Cooper's face, and the music gets dark, and it's yeah. just like this sharp contrast. It is pretty funny, yeah. but but yeah, yes, so they then bust we, in, yeah. we we go see uh, in the in Jacques' apartment, which he's Canadian, but he has an apartment in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, I, I mean, don't know like, how, that all, thing, yeah. how that all works. Yeah. But anyway, um, he uh, and Bobby is there. He's depositing the, the Bloody shirt shirts of Leo's in Jacques' apartment. So Bobby hears that they're coming in, takes off out the window. Hawk chases him around in the car. Loses them. But yeah. yeah. But then uh, Cooper finds the shirt. Finds the shirt and finds, and finds that, the stitching. Which yeah. Leo makes Shelly sew his initials into all of the collars of his shirts. So it's pretty easy to figure that out. Yeah. And uh, so this is this is now their new line of inquiry. That's that their focus. They've it's got Jacques Leo. and Leo working together. It's got to be leading somewhere. Yeah, and they've got the red Corvettes mentioned from Dr. Tobey earlier. Which we earlier. see in the very next scene, yeah. parked in the woods. Before we get there, though, mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to comment on uh, Jacques Renault's apartment. It's okay. very skeezy. Like, do you, you don't get much of a, a shot of it, but, like, the wallpaper is kind of tacky. He has, like... like uh, like really bad art on the walls um and uh there's like nudes like tacked up on the wall as well like like kind of like abstract nudes i think okay. or something I, I don't remember the exact uh configuration but it was very very skeezy uh it's it's another character development thing right like this is a bachelor who's just gets drunk and and is well, he's a bartender at the roadhouse yeah he's like involved with with cocaine with, yeah and drug smuggling and stuff so he's just he he's everything you expect in that apartment mm-hmm. even though really you just get a shot of kind of like his kitchen almost yeah. i think and we get like, we get way more in the next episode of, of oh that's apartment. right yeah yeah but i did not notice that yeah no it's just it's just bad but anyways yeah so then you yeah get to but then then we get a shot of that nice red corvette parked in the woods and and ben even makes a comment that uh you know, for a guy, yeah, for a guy who's who's trying to to you know make a secret deal, you know, fix the flashiest car. Wonderful that you, how subtle you are that yeah. you have a Corvette. How can Leo afford the Corvette? I guess all the drugs. Right? Oh yeah, well, that's but he can't thing, right? fix his house. Yeah, well, that's only because it's only Shelley who lives there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. Leo's such an asshole. He's such a dick. 
I'm glad when he gets and he ki- he's killed he's killed Bernie, uh, yeah, Bernard, Ber- Bernard Bernard uh, Renault, the Renault. youngest Renault brother, um, who's you find his his body just yeah, wrapped so up he's there. Dead. He has killed him, and but you don't really know. It seems a little dubious as to why. Like, I mean, it's obvious that uh, Bernard had been arrested, and mm-hmm. he's made being... bail the, that morning because we'd seen him the night before. Remember at the at the book house. So obviously he was brought to jail and booked for possession of cocaine. But why does Leo want to kill him then? Well, I think because just to they avoid him ratting out that Leo and Jacques were, you know, maybe Bernard had a big mouth. Well, he was getting interrogated by interrogated by the bookhouse. Yeah, and he, he did spill everything. Well, he no, said you better check out my brother Jacques. Yeah, He's be knowing today. knowing that the red light would be flashing and sure, Jacques would but, get away. But I think that's par- that's all part and parcel that you know Bernard was caught by by law enforcement and the bookhouse boys. Maybe that's all. Yeah. You know, I just he's just he's a, he's a he's a, a a liability. I guess, but so is so is anybody. Like so is Jacques then. So like and I, and plus I don't really know at this point what Ben Horn's relationship is. Yeah, all, all you know is that he's now dealing with this Leo. this real scuzzy underbelly, right? Yeah. So Ben is in Ben is in deep in the, yeah, the bad with, things. With, yeah, you know Catherine and the the insurance fraud, but also with drug deals. Yeah, and you don't. I don't. You're right. I don't think even the viewer knows that he owns One Eyed Jack at this point. No. he just gone up. There well, no, the they night. do know because they go up the Horn Brothers. Yeah, and the in the very second episode. Yeah, when Jerry comes in or the third episode. Yeah, when he, they go up to One Eyed Jacks, they're the owners. They get to. Well, I think they just get to choose. They're the only customers there. No, I think I think I it's pretty heavily implied that they're okay. the ones who who run shit I, up there. I don't think so. I think it. I think we can go back and watch it. No, I, I remember the scene pretty clearly, and there's not a whole lot there to say that they were the owners. I mean, they're obviously very important customers at that point. That's how I would interpret it. Blackie comes out to greet them, and mm. he's you know he's very loving towards her and everything. But I mean, if he's a regular there once a week and he's the rich guy who spends lots of money, they're gonna treat him well anyway. It's yeah, like Vegas. but I, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's pretty clear. I don't, rem- I don't, I can't recall exactly, but I think we can be pretty. All right. Okay. What's your point? A, no, I, I'm just saying this. This would come as a total shock if you didn't like if you didn't know Ben was even owning One Eye Jacks. You might just think he's a scuzzy businessman, but this is like no, he's a crime. He's a crime. He's involved in crime, like serious, serious crime. Not just like well, that's a that's the mill, a yeah. The mill fire. It's that shocking he's anyway. It whether is. you know it or not. It is, but like shocking. this is like you really get into it here. Like if if you didn't know that he owned One Eye Jacks, you'd think oh he's just he's just looking after his own business interests in Twin Peaks with the mill and everything. He wants he really wants this ghost with estates, but then this is like outright criminal. So I don't know. I to me it's just a. I just I still don't I don't get it. I don't well, because I think you know the character way too well. You know he's into all these bad things. But if you were watching it episode by episode, you'd be like, okay, he's not a great guy and he's kind of mean to his daughter. But you wouldn't know that he's up for, like, murder. Like, he looks at uh, Bernard's dead body and he's like, oh. He, starts, he just lights a cigar. Like, he's a he's a pretty badass dude here. Um, well, he's not. But <laughs> he, he has lots of money to pretend to be, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyways, yeah. So you get uh, that scene. Is this where the... Owl makes the first Yeah, well, appearance. no, it, it happens. Uh, we don't know where they're meeting, but they're in the woods somewhere. And the next scene between Donna and James also takes place in the woods. So oh, yeah. it, okay. it's in the woods somewhere. We already know that the woods are a dark place and they're not, you know, because that's why the Bookhouse Boys exist. Um, Donna and James are looking for the necklace and it's gone. And they see an owl in the tree, which is the first time that an owl really makes an appearance, I think, in the yeah, show. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, They become a theme and a motif yeah, for sure later but, on. But uh, 
So they see this owl up in the tree, and they don't really... It kind of spooks them a bit. And then they kiss, and Donna says... James, I want to be with you. James. It's such a strange thing. Like, you're right. It, it's, it just underscores how she... I say underscore a lot. Yeah, well, that's fine. It's better than overscoring. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, it, it illustrates her, uh, her commitment or her... Her desire well, for James in a way that yeah. it, it just kind of... Well, and, and my note about here is, again, Donna's a dumbass. Because at one point she says, like, oh, we're going to find out who killed Laura mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. This is about you and me. This is yeah, about yeah. us now. Yeah, yeah, And it's not about you two. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like, I, I this is when I started well, disliking yeah, her character. She's, well, you said that earlier, that you didn't, this whole episode, I this guess. Is, yeah, yeah. But before up. this, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, she's she's the sympathetic best friend, and... I kind of even was going along with her and James being an item. I was kind of okay with that. Yeah. Um, but here, it just it starts to turn, and as the series goes on, she just gets more and more annoying. Well, it's 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 she's not really interested in finding out about Laura. It's I get that I get that Audrey wants to find out what happened to Laura. Donna just doesn't seem to give a shit. Anymore. Well, no, but they do. I mean, they they continue their search and they turn up some interesting stuff. Like later on, you yeah, get they the, do. The secret. But- Diary but I don't. I don't think that that's necessarily. It's not altruistic. She's just doing it because Why? James wants to. Because Maddie's there and Maddie wants to. Like I'm not even sure what her motivations are. She seems almost angry at well, Laura no. as the series goes on. Well, that's you know? the thing. So and, it's, and here... it's not. It's not like out of. I need to find out what happened to my best friend because I loved her and I cared about her so much. I, I feel like that gets lost more and more. And that's why I don't like Donna anymore. Yeah. No, it's true. And I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really know her motivations either. Here, it just seems like. Excuse me, sorry. Her stated explanation is that we are going to find out what happened to Laura f- for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just she wants to know. And uh, so I got the sense that it was, yeah, because she was trying to do right by her best friend and her new boyfriend, who she still maybe feels guilty about being her boyfriend. Because... Well, I think it's more about exonerating him and because they're... It, it's 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 purely selfish. I just don't see it being but about what, Laura at all anymore. Yeah. I guess yeah, she just wants to dive into the mystery, but that's more Audrey. Like, I don't know. Donna's character is really not well developed. I find uh, because you really don't get much. And well, which, the only point that she serves is to be the other point on the the love triangle that eventually develops between James, Maddie, and yeah, herself. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, the original one between. James, Matt, uh, her, and Laura. Yeah, right? exactly. So, Maddie just takes over for Laura yeah, in that case. So yeah. it's 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 odd. It's and, not yeah. a, a and then great. The, by the second season, she really doesn't have much of a role at all. Yeah, it's it kind falls of bad. Off the, and, far falls off the yeah. cliff. But we can talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, yeah. So then you have uh, a quick scene of well, it's the last scene. Yeah. It's Josie and Pete. at the Blue Pine Lodge. It's really cute that Josie and Peter have such a have a, a nice friendship. Yeah, they're just so friendly. And she makes him a turkey sandwich, and he invites her to go to the. There's that weird shot of like or the whatever. Yeah, is, yeah, the, the fishing tournament or yeah. competition or something. Um, but there's that weird shot of her spreading mayo. Yeah. Like it's really focused on it. I don't mm-hmm. really know why. Like he asks like. Put some mayo on that, if you would, because uh, Catherine's, Catherine's asleep. asleep so, so. She, like Catherine gives a shit yeah, what exactly. Pete puts on it's his so sandwich. Odd, but yeah, so you get this close-up shot of the mayo, and I don't yeah. really know why. It's more of just the food stuff. I think that yeah, they just build up the food uh, theme and food feel throughout the show. Um, so you get there, a little friendship, and then 
So she Josie goes through the, yeah, the mail. Yeah, Pete has brought in the mail, I think, yeah. and he drops it on the counter. So Josie starts going through it, and she gets a letter from Hank. Hank. And it's of his domino. Yeah. And we know that because we've seen him playing with it. But then it's funny that immediately after she opens this letter, she gets kind of nervous and, and worried. Yeah. But then the phone rings. And you pick it, she picks she it up, and it's, and Hank, it's Hank. And he's sucking on, on his, his domino. domino. Which is, and again, very freaking creepy. And he says that he'll see her soon or he'll something He'll see her like soon, that, yeah. So. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, did you get my letter? And yeah, see you but soon. then there's those, the interesting shots of, of, it's like angled, the camera is angled so that everything's kind of off kilter. So, again, it's it yeah. calls back to those 1940s film noir type, yeah. type movies. And, yeah, yeah. But it also underscores the fact that, again, with underscores, I need to find a new <laughs> word, um, that... Things are now off kilter for for Josie. For Josie Not yeah. only does she have to worry about Ben and Catherine, but there's now Hank is somehow involved. somehow connected, and, and we don't know why. Well, yeah, we don't like, know how. Like Josie is connected with a lot of characters in mm-hmm. Twin Peaks for being there a year and a half or so. Like it's really interesting how. Uh, and no, she obviously, been there for a while, I think longer than that. I thought they only had been married like six well, months before he died, and, and he, he died, died a year ago. eighteen months earlier. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, it's yeah. It's really. Uh, she is. She's a major character, and you don't really get that in the initial. Well, especially episodes. because she's played with such played for such. Um, she's just kind like you said in the in that, in the pilot episode that she's ornamental, right? Yeah. Um, but once you start seeing how involved she is, and how Harry has also called and asked her where. Yeah she was that day and she lies to, well she doesn't lie to him but she lies like, oh, by omission go, she's yeah. like I have to go I, and she doesn't really tell him anything so there's she's playing games and she's involved yeah, with a lot of people and dangerous people who are doing bad, bad things, things. Yeah. it's funny and, you use the word games because the domino piece is well yeah exactly piece, yeah. so yeah, but anyway, it's it's uh, it's an ominous note to end the episode on, and it certainly does, like we said, a lot of the plot points have now been driven forward quite substantially. We've got yeah. um, Leo and Jacques as the prime suspects, and we've got some the bird new... bird and... Yeah, yeah all sorts and we've got new players things, coming yeah. in with the mill issue and everything going on there, so... Audrey and going through her investigation, and... Which is going to pick up steam in the next couple yeah. of episodes as well. So a lot of pieces are starting to fall into place on this this crowded game board, yeah. but uh, we we haven't gotten any closer to really us really understanding who killed Laura Palmer or why, but... Uh, but there's more pieces, definitely. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really egging you on to come back next week yeah. so which yeah. we hope you will do yeah to come back check in with us next week so are we, we, are we done yeah i think we're done okay we're done do you have anything else you want to add well i wanted i just wanted to say like this episode was a lot of like even as i'm thinking about it we talked a lot about the plot because there was so much going mm-hmm. on and the comedy we didn't really do a thematic analysis i don't know if there really was one besides the well the whole mirrors and the, the doubles thing is doubles. really the only one that i think yeah of. that really came up i mean i think the comedy is worth talking about how how they use comedy in the show but well, yeah, we but I mean, if, yeah, we can we can we can touch on it if you want. I yeah, mean, it's, it's it's. I think the comedy, like, uh, I, I can't remember if I said this or not, but that it's a way to bring characters to like illustrate those characters a little bit better. These characters that are going to start taking over more. We have we have so much of the show has been dominated by Laura and finding out about her that. Now with these other characters filling out the cast, you know, humor is the way that that happens, and yeah. it's and it's real, it's real, right? Like it's not life isn't always 
you know, melodrama and sadness and big, big tears. It's, you know, a receptionist giving a long-winded, you know, off-topic answer to a simple question. And it's, you know, penises. Like, that that (laughs) happens. It's real life. Okay, yeah, I'll go with the penises. Yeah, and I I think, uh, I mean, just in terms of, like, the writing of the show and how... Uh, comedies used a lot of the time it's there to to uh, break up the the tension um, even Andy dropping his gun I mean it's potentially a yeah. tight situation they've, they've got their draw their guns drawn they're gonna kick in a door and then he just drops it and it fires off and he's like oh right. my and he freaks out and you've got a little comedic moment there um, I think this episode is maybe not uh, emblematic of that because a lot of the funny parts are funny like for a little while. Well, and there's not really a lot of tension either. Right? No, yeah, so. exactly. This is not a very tension-filled episode. So it's it's not uh, uh, used that way. But uh, this is... It kind of reminds me of... Uh, this episode reminds me of, like, an X-Files episode. that Like, one of the funny X-Files episodes, mm. of which there were actually quite a few. Those ones were shot much darker, and the comedy relies on, on that, on it being a typical, dark, moody X-Files episode, and then someone delivers a funny line, uh-huh. or, or there's this funny thing that happens. Um but so it's not it's not really the same feel that way but it's the feel of that this is a, a change of pace episode um in right. which they also just managed to fit in a ton of that plot that we've talked about it is a very dense episode for mm-hmm. sure i think what is interesting to me watching this um and i ha- i did a rewatch of this series not too long ago maybe about three or four months ago so um season two is still fairly fresh in my mind this episode is what the season two episodes i think were trying to be like mm-hmm. yeah um when yeah, they started when to get just silly, silly and and strange and and relying less on on the horror elements of yeah. things which we lose a little bit of that horror element in in this episode and in the lead up to the finale of season one and we get a lot more of the humor coming in so it sets a tone that is picked up by future directors yeah, and writers. future writers in season two but they um, just don't do it as they well. just don't do it as well and, and there's none of that that underlying tension because the, um well and i think that's because the, here we're still yeah still the, the, the driving central mystery is, is there yeah. yeah yeah there's still who, who killed, killed laura palmer. palmer and so you can you can have a funny episode that still does all this plot stuff yeah. because the plot is going somewhere and you yeah. feel that as an audience which does not happen in season two no, season which two, we will talk about later and, but and just, yeah. it's it's not of the same caliber and that's part of the reason is because the plotting just just does not function as well and and they again near the end of season two they do bring it back and, mm-hmm. but i mean by that time they don't have time for comedy really it's just it's just setting the dark tone back mm-hmm. um but yeah so i i think uh um as far as and i think this show kind of set the mold for a lot of dramatic sh- shows dramatic hour-long shows using well, comedy did you you never watch the sopranos right no but there's a lot of that i i see that in the sopranos and mm-hmm. i didn't watch all of the sopranos but um but there is a lot of that dark comedy that comes in and i think it definitely owes a big debt to twin peaks for that yeah um i know the west wing is yeah very similar like there's there's the funnier episodes. The tension, the stakes are nowhere yeah, no, near as high. Well, in some ways, in some ways, it's like sometimes it's a nuclear war that they're avoiding or something, well, and yeah, they, they but, still have funny characters or funny things happening. But, but it's not, yeah, okay, I get what you're but, Yeah, it's not like life and death for the individual characters. But. And then on the on the flip side of that, you get shows like Northern Exposure. I don't know if you remember the show yeah, Northern Exposure, vaguely. which, which feels like uh, it takes place in the same universe as Twin Peaks, but just not as not as dark. But it, it, it borrows a lot of those humor elements and the quirkiness, right? That mm-hmm. that it's almost all quirk, right? Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the show really did... I, well, I mean, we're not was, saying anything that has not been said no, before. No, no, but I just think it's, it's worth noting, because, I mean, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a... I mean, an hour-long drama that's still held up the test of time now. I mean, MASH kind of had... MASH had dramatic episodes mm-hmm. where they would where they would do the inverse. They'd have a comedy show that got very serious for an episode or mm-hmm. two. Um, but that's really the only kind of, like, show that could turn on a dime that I can think of from the 70s. I mean, all in the they family, were always, maybe. They were, well... They had some serious episodes, too, for you a You want to talk show. about from before this? Yeah. Like, I'm just... I'm wondering where the if there's any precedent for this kind of, like, a drama-focused show having comedic... Really great comedic moments or comedy... Based show that would that yeah. could turn and, and do drama really well and uh no i think i think this is really the first time that it's done this way anyway yeah and and, and, uh, and, and it does lead into like you know Mad Men had a lot of yeah there was at least one episode per season that had some it was funny you know when the guy gets his foot run over by a lawnmower <laughs> that's so lynchian yeah, right yeah, like yeah. that owes in a, an office building <laughs> yeah so it's weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's stuff like that, or when when he gets his eye shot. Eye shot out. Like I mean, these are all these are all wonderful. It, we could do a whole thing about Mad Men yeah. too, because that's a, another great show. We might. We may do that, <laughs> but it it's it's all these are shows that have come into existence because of Twin Peaks, I yeah. think. And, yeah, yeah, and that's I mean, but I'm, when Twin Peaks is at is at its best, it's when there's that central driving force underneath. Driving the drama. Driving the drama. Then that allows then, the comedy to yeah, spread. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. which I'm not sure how it would have worked then in if they had gone through with what they wanted, which was to let the Laura Palmer murder kind of fade into the background. Well, I think... What would have been the driving force then for the show? Well, I think if they'd... I mean, you'd have to have faith in them, the ability to do it. I mean, potentially the... Okay, so spoiler alert. Season two's... The central conflict at the end is about a character named Wyndham Earl mm-hmm. and his relationship with Cooper. I think that could have happened whether or not Laura Palmer had been had been solved or not. Yeah, I guess that's you true. You know, like, I think if something else came in and he was... And, I mean, you never have to solve Laura Palmer, but you can keep using her as a driving force, even if it gets deducted. Like, if Wyndham Earl comes in and all of a sudden he's not just a bad guy who's out to get Cooper, but maybe he had some sort of connection to who killed Laura Palmer. Maybe he knows who killed Laura Palmer, or maybe he knows who Bob is. Right, right, He has right. some sort of, you know, like there's there's ways they could have yeah, kept okay. weaving that in. Um, and It's just hard to imagine because uh, knowing yeah, what we, what we how did it turns get, out, yeah. it's, it's hard to picture it being any different. Yeah. But I guess you're right, because it's not like leaving the Laura Palmer case uh, unsolved doesn't necessarily mean that there can't be something else that takes over as the central. It's just what happens in in season two is that you lose that central focus, and then the characters just, just go haphazard. Well, yeah, over. it's just there's a whole there's like six mini plot points that come out, and none of them are strong enough to sustain a whole arc, yeah. and none of them are interesting enough to sustain a whole arc, um, the way they were written anyway. Yeah. So you just you just don't care as much. Whereas here. A, we're still trying to figure out who these characters are. And how they're connected. how they're connected to one another and how they're connected to Laura and her murder. And and then there's the murder. Like, we're still trying to figure out who did it. And we all have our theories at this point. So it's... I think that's why the humor works so well here. And it's not that later season... Or later episodes in season two aren't funny. There are funny moments. And it's definitely a... But it's, get, just, it's just it's yeah. just not the because the stakes are so low 
the humor doesn't hit the way yeah. that it should. And I think that's why here. Yeah, it, it works. And they and the humor, like the, all the characters are still true to themselves and they, they aren't acting out of character. The humor feels true to them. Yeah. You know, even when Cooper kind of, I, I view it, maybe that's what I mean when I said he breaks character, he gets out of character. It's an out of character moment when he gets mad when he's talking mm-hmm. to Gordon Cole. But even that feels more... Uh, authentic, authentic yeah. than some of the things that happened in season two, and I think Definitely. that's that's why, you know, the the episode we we wanted to talk about comedy because it is. This is not a comic comedy show, but there the moments of comedy are so successful, and that's yeah. I, that's my theory. That's yeah. I, I mean, just to I mean, getting back to I mean, this show had forty two million viewers for the pilot right. or something like that. And the way people were talking about it af- after the first season and during the first season was that this is the show that's saving television. Mm-hmm. And this kind of quality and the way it can do both drama and comedy in, at the same time, mm-hmm. um, I can definitely see why. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, watching this is just... It's it, it's entertaining, it's engaging, and it's it's thoughtful. Still, you still mm-hmm. have to kind of think things through, and there's a lot to analyze with the the characters and the the, the plots that are developing, um, and it's all just in, wrapped in a murder mystery, right? Yeah. Um. So it's it it's definitely you can sell that this the show was. Um, I mean, yeah, it just definitely you can see how it was interpreted when it first came out to think like there's nothing like this. This is like a bunch of small movies every right. every, every episode. Um, and and that was, yeah, unlike anything, I'm sure. That well, yeah, if you, if you look at what was on TV at the time, yeah. you know, in, in the well, I'm trying of to think of another drama in 1990. So, I mean, we haven't gotten to ER yet. The, yeah. Those great... HBO hasn't done anything. Well, HBO isn't... Yeah, I mean... It's, They're doing, like, comedy specials I think still, Fox I think. wasn't even on... Didn't even exist yet, right? This was on... No, Fox was on because The Simpsons had come on oh, in 88, maybe. I think. So maybe. Something around that. But yeah, um, yeah, no, there's just not many options. And this really did break the mold, I think. But I, mean, it, I don't know. It maybe someone up, out there knows more, too. And they can say, well, yeah, no. Yeah, but, but it, does, it does set up what we now get on cable mm. with channels like amc or showtime or you know showcase in canada netflix doing amazing things with with these shows you know i don't think it's hyperbolic to say that twin peaks really birthed the the renaissance that we're seeing in tv right now and it really is a renaissance like this is you know it's one of the reasons why aiden and i can sit here with english degrees and we're able to read a tv show in a way that i don't think you could do like you can't read barney miller the same way that you read twin peaks right yeah. So it it represents a big shift in the way that we approach TV and the way we approached um, TV as a, a form of entertainment, but also TV as a form of literature. That well, is as a form of art. Yeah. As, as a form of art. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, which is, yeah, it's, it's it's. Yeah, and yeah, it's just new and different. So, well, not new and different now to us. Yeah. But to, by then but it was them. so. So you can um, see why people wanted to. Yeah. Why they were talking about it so much. Yeah. Definitely. And why I'm so excited for the new season because I was too young, you were too young yeah. to really be part well, of that. We, were, we weren't yeah. part There's of it. There's no way, yeah. But uh, now we're going to get to be. Yeah. And, and with the and internet being what it is now, that's the new water cooler. Well, exactly. And I think, again, it's David Lynch, Mark Frost, uh, potentially at their peaks doing doing the show that does both. You know, I yeah. think uh, David Foster Wallace is famous for kind of uh, describing you know, entertainment for entertainment's sake, which is, you know, basically TV before Twin Peaks mm-hmm. in the, in our estimation. And then art, like the art house movie, like mm-hmm. Eraserhead, which is just weird and out there and 
does it's not really entertaining, but it can be engaging and thoughtful and thought provoking. And then the ability to combine the two of them into a you know a harmonious package is what Twin Peaks is really good at. What modern television is really getting good at as yeah. well is uh, giving you an arty entertainment package. And yeah. uh, and, yeah, and this Peaks, I think that's what you're going to get with season three it, yeah, from hopefully. what people are saying. You know, and the actors involved, because there's the, the non-disclosure agreements must be airtight yeah, for the show. Yeah, but, they don't let much slip at all. But what they do let slip is that we will be very pleased with yes, what we see. Yeah. So I'm not expecting a return to season two level. Of just um, weird entertainment. Yeah. Like trying to be just entertaining and doesn't yeah. have anything. Or, that my as we've talked about before, my fear of the David Lynch art house movie right. of Inland Empire, where it's, it's 18 hours of who knows yeah. what. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. But that's, that's still the the ultimate uh, hope so yeah yeah okay sorry i just wanted to talk about that for a brief minute yeah or well yeah <laughs> but anyway yeah. uh like i said we uh we hope that we've given you a lot, a lot to think about and that you like us will want to come back next week and talk about the next episode yeah